I am so excited you are back to listen to this episode. I'm going to be talking about same-sex attraction with Brenna Blaine. She's a podcaster of Can I Say That, an amazing podcast that discusses all those, you know, taboo topics that we never bring up in the church. Um, She's also a wife, a mom, a Christian speaker. She has a BA in theology and biblical studies. And her mission and really her heart is to help Christians pursue a deeper and more authentic relationship with the living God, which of course I am all about. It's why we started Sisters of Christ is to help every woman grow deeper in their relationship with the Lord. So I'm so excited that you guys are listening to this. She has such a beautiful heart and beautiful story. Um, Yeah, and I think these topics are so important to talk about. Um, These are not things that we should just put under the rug or hide in the corner because we may not understand it or it's scary or it challenges our belief systems. These are the things that as mature Christians, we need to discuss amongst believers and take it to the word and take it to the Lord. So I'm so excited because she just gives so much light to the LGBT community and how people in the church are dealing with same-sex attraction today. So let's dive in. You guys are going to hear us kick off this episode with a prayer. So with all my guests, I like to start off with prayer. So you're going to hear us kick off with a prayer and then we just go in. So get ready and just have your heart open to what the Lord is going to reveal to you and speak to you in this time. Welcome to the Sisters of Christ podcast. I'm Jeanette Bordeaux, your host. This is the podcast where you can come and have your faith stirred up and be encouraged by sisters like me and other amazing women that we have on the show who share advice and testimonies. Our hope is that you leave here more on fire for Jesus than you were before. Now get ready to be encouraged with today's episode. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. You're you're just so, you're so incredible. You're so amazing. Just every time we take a look at you, Lord, and just pause and just the all of you is just incredible and overwhelms me every single time so i just thank you jesus for your presence i thank you for holy spirit i thank you for brenna god and just her open heart and her love for people and i just pray that you just fill this zoom room god and you just pour your grace on this conversation i pray that you lead this interview lead the conversation god And I just pray that, yeah, you even give us things that we didn't plan. Um, Mm. That Yeah, the people, you know what people's hearts need and you know what they need to hear, Lord. So we just pray that you just guide us in this. And we pray that every single person who listens to this, Lord, will just, yeah, come out with like a new perspective of what kingdom looks like. And yeah, your heart for people, God, how much you love others. So yeah, we just pray freedom over those who listen and just, yeah, awakening hearts, God. So we love you so much. Amen. Amen. Yes. Yay. Okay. I have so many questions. So I'm like, <laughs> man, this is an hour. I was like, dang, like I could write like a whole lot more than this, but I started mm-hmm. like, I shortened my list for you. Um, but the first thing I wanted to ask you about, because I went on your website, you know, checked you out, like stalked you for mm-hmm. a little bit. And one of the videos I watched was your YouTube interview. And it was about, you know, you're sharing your story with the Lord and kind of like your early journey with him and like teenage and youth years and how you basically got outed from your Tumblr mm-hmm. about your same-sex attraction. And I was like laughing, but I was like, dang, I can't even imagine like the stress of that. So could you just like tell that story for maybe people who haven't like heard it and just like, yeah. Yeah. So, um, I grew up in a conservative, like a Christian conservative household. Um, so we had, I shouldn't say we, my parents had the view that, um, marriage is between a man and a woman. That's the, the churches I grew up in. And so for me, when I realized I was same-sex attracted, it was like, okay, crap. Like I have this problem and I didn't, um, I didn't, I, I didn't know whether or not I wanted to come out to my parents or not, because I also didn't know where I was at with my faith. I didn't know kind of where I wanted to land and was just processing through all that. But at the same time, I was going to a youth group that I just loved. Like I 
found such a good community there and I was going because of the community. I wasn't going because I necessarily believed what they're teaching or anything like that, but it was a a beautiful community. And, but one thing that was like super, you know, I'm a four on the Enneagram, if that means anything to anyone, but my, one of my really good friends and I were just really into Tumblr and it was like this really cool new space where you could like express yourself and you know it wasn't like it's not um it wasn't like social media is today where it's like everyone in your family and everyone follows you you know so it wasn't like my parents knew that I had a Tumblr. maybe they did I don't know but they <laughs> they're probably like well, it's Tumblr <laughs> right yeah like they weren't on it and so for me, I was like, oh, this is kind of like a space where I could maybe kind of express that I'm same sex attracted, but it was like pretty covert. But also I think now looking back, it was like, it wasn't like you could probably tell. And so someone from my church who also had a Tumblr, which is like weird, or maybe they didn't have a Tumblr. They were just on there, found my Tumblr sent it to my small group leader and my small group leader was like what the heck is going on like we hadn't talked about that and we were pretty close um and then she shared with me that she was sharing with my she was gonna talk to my pastor about it because she didn't know what to do and I was just so stressed out like oh my gosh she's gonna tell my parents he's going to like ask me not to come anymore he's gonna tell me I'm wrong or like all these things and I remember John being like, hey, Brenda, can we talk? That was my youth pastor. And just being like, like so much anxiety. And the conversation was just like, hey, Brenna, I care about you. I'm so sorry that you're going through this. Like if you feel like you're alone, you need to know that you're not. And you're not the only Christian that wrestles with this and he didn't even say like hey you're wrong or we you know we disagree with you or this is our view he was just like you're not the only christian who has same-sex attractions and um you just need to know that we care for you and that was it that was the entire conversation and so for me it created this odd tension of going wait a second he could have taken this opportunity to tell me i'm wrong or to tell me I didn't belong here, or to tell me all these things. And instead he was just like, I see you. And I'm sorry that you feel alone in this. And that created like a really interesting tension of going, wait a second. Like the secular world says all these things about the Christian conservative world. Like they're not caring or they're not whatever. And all of a sudden I was experiencing the opposite. Like I was feeling cared and seen and sought out. And so that was, I think because of that moment, I ended up like I, in the four years I was at the youth group, I'm pretty sure I only missed youth group four times. Like I just loved the community and loved being there. And then when I look back, I obviously can see while I was learning so much about God and I was being pursued by God through that community, even though at the time I didn't know that. And so that was, that was definitely a huge moment in my life um, with just processing like what lifestyle am I going to live? What choices am I going to make? I think it was largely because my youth pastor cared for me well. Wow. Yeah. And like such compassion. It's like, Mm -hmm. Like, wow. Like even, even when I heard it, honestly, I was like, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's like, I guess that's kind of terrible because I almost expected like, you know, like mm-hmm. you were talking about like, oh, I was like nervous and I was like, what's going to happen? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like I was kind of expecting that too. Um, but yeah, I think like, yeah, I think that's so good. It's like the compassion that we show each other. And it's like, we would have that same compassion for like any other, like, thing that we'd struggle with right in our mm. walk with the Lord it's like I think that's just such a healthy way to like approach so like people listening it's like that I think that's something that we can all take away it's like that's a healthy approach when you know like a brother or sister is like going through stuff not mm. like excluding them or like even in your heart it's more like 
a heart posture too. Cause like mm. I think we can, like when we find out things about people or like get to know them a little better, we kind of like distance ourselves in the heart. Um, but yeah, those are just like my like quick thoughts on that. Mm. But, yeah. I love that. Um, and so, so you're going through like this and you're deciding like, okay, what do I do? Like what, so what was that like for you? And then how did you even like, how did you walk that out and like find your way? Yeah. So I had a lot of conversations with friends who were either not believers or who were, um, would take like the affirming view, which is like that the Bible affirms same-sex attraction and relationships and, Um, I had a lot of people like that in my life that I, that were kind enough to have those conversations with me um, and not, you know, they knew was there's like this confidentiality. And so um, a lot of conversations like, Hey, when did you know, like, this is a lifestyle you wanted to live? When did you know you wanted to come out to your parents? But at the same time, I was really wrestling with mental illness and I, way later in life when I turned or right after I turned 22 I was diagnosed as bipolar but all of my high school years um I was in therapy and on medication for depression and anxiety and so for me I was really wrestling with that side of things and I just remember there was two there's two big instances in my life that I went okay wait a second the first was there was a sermon that I heard at my youth group that talked about the nuance of like being gay. So now when we say, are you gay? That can mean like five different things to five different people. Mm. And so there's a lot of nuance behind that. And the question is being gay a sin. There's a lot of nuance there. And he talked about the difference between attraction and action and how, um, and like temptation with that and how Jesus was tempted in the Bible. And we don't label that a sin and how he talked about when he married his wife, how, you know, he kind of had this mindset that, okay, I'm going to marry this girl. And then all my attraction to any other women is just going to like melt away. And that didn't happen. Mm. And so he was like, you know, that's, this isn't really a view that we take when it comes to people who are same sex attracted, but it is something that we need to understand. And so for me, all of a sudden, like I always thought I was damned to hell just because of my attraction. Mm. And now I was presented with this view that was saying, Hey, because God is good, because God is faithful to us, you can have this temptation or you can have this attraction, but God can be faithful to you and help you not to like walk into that. And so all of a sudden it was like, oh, like I am currently not in sin when I thought for the last handful of years that I was in sin. And so that was really, really freeing. But then it was like this other conversation of, oh, so I like I really have to decide am I going to step into this lifestyle or step away from this lifestyle. And then when I was just kind of working that out, um, I also was just praying like, God, would you just give me, like, if you're real and if you care and if you see me, would you just give me a break from this mental illness? And my senior year, I really just felt like God like lifted that for me. And so I remember I was like, okay, I think, I'm going to try. And my same youth pastor was like, you should be a student leader. And I was like, no, like, you know, all my secrets, you know, like what I struggle with. And he was like, it doesn't matter. Like everyone struggles. You can still be a really good leader. Like if you're interested in this. And so being asked to step into ministry as a leader by this person who knew all my crap was just extremely redeeming for me. And then also having this break from depression and going, okay, maybe God is like real and actually cares about me and sees me is kind of when I was like, all right, I think um, God, if I have to live life alone, like if you're calling me to live life alone and I never get married and I never have a romantic relationship or whatever, I'm, I think you're good is better than what I think is good. And so I'm just going to try and like 
I'll give this a shot. And so, um, you know, I had dated a few of my friends who were guys and it didn't really work out. And so I was kind of under the impression that, you know, maybe I'd never get married, but I really wanted to have a family that was like really important to me. But, um, yeah. And so I would say like around when I was 17 is when I made that decision, like, okay, I'm going to try this. Like, I think that the Bible supports this idea that marriage is between a man and a woman. Um, but I also don't think marriage is like the ultimate goal of Christianity or anything like that. So, <laughs> right. Amen. <laughs> so I was just like, okay. Um, yeah, I, I guess I'm, I'm not going to live this lifestyle. And so that was a secret for a really long time. I didn't start talking about it openly until right after I actually, I did end up, you know, I'm married and, I have a toddler. I have another baby on the way. And so what? Um, yeah, oh I'm due God. in August. So if Girl. I have to go to the bathroom, that's why. <laughs> wow. Congratulations. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, God's faithfulness. Like. Yeah. Yeah. So I, when my husband and I were doing premarital, he, he knew when we started dating, I was like, Hey, this is important to me. Um, that you know this and that I'm like I'm up front with you but we kind of worked through that and then I felt just this call to start talking more openly about it so that's kind of when I told my parents and you know they had some inklings that that was the case and but um, yeah it really ended up becoming more of a public ministry kind of after I got married which I think was uh, just another part of God's graciousness so Mm, wow that is so cool (laughs) that is so awesome and congrats I'm so excited for you thank you wait a boy or girl a boy so we'll have two boys now yeah (laughs) do you have a name yeah Rory Rory yeah so our first one's name is Rudy so it'll be Rudy and Rory oh so cute yes okay I'm so excited that's awesome I love testimonies so Mm -hmm. amen Jesus but I think it's so cool because like I mean you hit on so many things and I think the first thing is that like like the um I guess like what you were presented with like the decision right it's like I can either like move towards what God is like with God's will for my life and like God's calling for my life, or I can like choose my own way. And it's like, we all deal with that, right? Mm. Like we all deal with that in some way. And it's so like, even when you become a Christian, even when you're falling in love with Jesus, like you're still going to be presented with decisions where it's like, you have to decide, am I going to lean on my own understanding Mm. or am I going to trust in you and like commit my paths and like, you're going to make them straight. Um, butchering proverbs three on that one but that's okay (laughs) but um yeah and it's like we're gonna face that no matter what so um yeah I just love that that's like your that's like you're the like setting this example and it's so interesting because it's like I think that's uh hopefully like a lot of freeing to a lot of people like hearing your story Mm -hmm. too it's that it's like you know everyone has that same decision, whether it's like same sex or not, you know what I mean? It's like, I don't think we need to like, um, go in on people over Mm. like that. You know what I mean? It's just so interesting to me. It's like, I think these same importance should be put on all types of like, okay, are you following God? Like, that's really it. You know what I mean? Not like, Mm -hmm. Oh, just in this area of like sexuality and like stuff like Mm -hmm. that. Like, I just think that's really interesting. Um, but also like people for hearing um, people who have same sex attraction who are hearing this, they're like, wow, like, oh, I can have a family. Like I can, you know, still have that. Cause I feel like, and even, I feel like you hit on it a little bit is that there's kind of like this idea, like you said, you're like, I'm going to be alone forever. Like mm-hmm. the third idea, because you have some sort of same sex attraction, that that's what like God has for you. That's where God wants for you versus like, we're seeing the truth of that literally played out in your life is that you're married Mm. about to have a second kid. Like that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. There. Yeah. I'd say there's definitely, um, a lot of nuance to that conversation as well, because I do think that there are people who are same sex attracted, who having a heterosexual relationship is just like not, 
is that's not in um it's physically very difficult and also it's just like maybe not what god is calling them to and i think that's actually probably much more common for people who are same-sex attracted and so i recognize that my story is uh is kind of an outlier with that and i think you know there's people that i think about um who have similar stories to mine like jackie hill perry and uh Lori craig and they have some just like beautiful testimonies but then there's also i think a lot of people's stories who we're not hearing from who have um i think his name is sam alberry talks about singleness and just like I, yeah i just i i believe that people who are same-sex attracted um have a really difficult calling on their life i'm tr- probably butchering this but I, the, all that to say is um i don't think it's something that you're like i'm just gonna will myself to get married you know like for me uh, my prayer yeah. with austin when we met my husband um and we met when i was young i was 14 and we th- obviously there's like nothing there and um but we became really really good friends and so for me my first my idea of marriage shifted so I always thought marriage is all about um like romance and sex like you know that's it the Christian culture kind of like talks about it like that quite often right so it's like if you want to have sex get married and don't have sex until you're married (laughs) like very much about just that yeah and I just remember hearing someone talk about uh, I think it was my youth pastor again like marriage is so much more than that and it's also like that's not really the focus and marriage is really about two people being in ministry together and growing closer to God and so for me I went okay like I probably could marry a man and like have a good marriage and be fine and like not get divorced and all this stuff and then when I met Austin because it's kind of like whatever like I don't need marriage. And then when I met Austin, I was like, man, I love him. Um, But the physical attraction part is obviously very difficult because I'm not really attracted to men and just praying like, okay, God, if this is what you have for me, like, would you just change my heart and would you just shift those things? And so um, I think that's very, I'm trying to figure out how to say this well. Like, I don't think that's what God is calling every same-sex attractive person to. You know what I mean? Um, but I also think it's it's a possibility. And I think God was really kind to me in that I just had this heart to be a mom for so long. And so that, like, getting married and making that a possibility and then also, like, having kids and going, like, wait a second, this isn't all that's cracked up to be like this is hard and <laughs> being super like gracious and through that but anyways I probably just butchered that entire thought just all that to say I think we have a really skewed view of marriage oftentimes and then we also kind of elevate marriage to a place where it's not supposed to be elevated and so there are a lot of same-sex attracted people who have really beautiful stories and have I think even a more dependent and more beautiful relationship um, with God because of their singleness and through their singleness that, you know, I'm, I would say if you haven't been able to read someone's story, who's same sex attracted um, and, and read about their relationship with God, I would definitely encourage you to do that. And there's two people. I think the first one, his name is David Bennett. And then the second is Gregory Coles, I believe are their names. I might be screwing this up, but they have both written books. And then there's also Sam Albury. Um, and they've all written books and um, they're people, they're, they're single, same-sex attracted men. And I know that their stories are beautiful and their stories that, not just same-sex attracted people need to hear, but that the body of Christ needs to hear. Yeah, yeah, totally. And, like, one thing that you hit on that I love is also, like, just because, you know, you get married and doesn't mean, like, 
necessarily that like attraction goes away because I Mm. feel like that's like another belief too it's like oh like once I or I think even like just in general like you say we like um put marriage on this like crazy pedestal um like oh I love there's this quote from okay I'm gonna probably butcher this one so it's okay if we're butchering quotes today but Jackie Hill Perry she I was like watching one of her videos and she said something like um oh like it's like when she got married to Preston like her husband that like it was almost like people were like celebrating that more versus Mm. like her coming to Christ because Mm -hmm. like as if her marriage was the symbol of like oh she's like not gay anymore Mm -hmm. she's like fully in Jesus and when she said that I was like whoa like I was like amen to that and I feel like I don't know. I feel like even like for people who aren't same sex attracted, it's like kind of not that like you came to Christ or something, but it's also like, oh, like now it's almost like you get like this like trophy kind of. And I feel like the Lord like really walked me through like that whole journey of like renewing my mind because I was the same. Like I'm like, oh, you just like, you know, coming from worldly like relationships and then like meeting Jesus and him just like knocking my socks off. And then I'm like okay well then like what does it mean and realizing Mm. that like marriage is for god and like not Mm. for me actually and also that like i'm first married to christ Mm. and that honestly like you know i'm a single like straight lady so like that's been my journey um but i lived in the world forever right Mm. and so i had all these very toxic worldly relationships like lived all of that out seen it not not interested Um, and yeah, that really changed like my singleness because I remember as I was starting to walk with the Lord, I even left this, like, um, this just so not right marriage, like unequally or not marriage. I'm sorry. (laughs) Relationship unequally yoked, like the whole thing. And I left that, but I remember feeling so lonely and I was like, Mm. God, like, what am I going to do? Like, I need to find a guy. Like I need to find a guy. And I was like, cause I would desire marriage. And I thought that's like what I needed to do instead of like finding all my fulfillment and satisfaction, like in Jesus. But mm. it, it was really, I don't know if you know who, um, Winnie Banoff is, uh, oh my gosh. So she has some really cool books. Uh, she has this book called, uh, it's the romance. Oh, L- love notes. And she mm. calls it romance. And it's, um, like she goes through like Romans six and eight and she goes all through the Bible and she talks about the romance language and the like the marriage mm. language of Jesus with you. And that changed my whole perspective on singleness. And I was like, wow, like thinking I'm doing, you know, ministry stuff, thinking I'm doing life, thinking I'm doing all these things like alone, even though the word says like, you're not alone. Like I'm mm. never going to leave you, never forsake you. But I didn't have this mentality that like I'm actually married to Christ. And so, mm. and even one time I was teaching like a sister group and I was like, man, it'd be really cool to like do this, like a husband one day, you know, do ministry stuff together. And Jesus literally was like, you do do those things. Like you mm-hmm. are married. And I was like, oh. I was like, oh my gosh, you're right. And I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> like, uh, so that like, I think that mentality like has to be taken on and like in, in singleness, like period, because mm-hmm. it's just the truth. And it's something we like, we try to seek out like in a mate or something like yeah. that to be some sort of fulfillment but that yeah that was a whole 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 journey that the lord took me through of just like yeah like what's really important and even showing me that like marriage isn't eternal Mm -hmm. and that was like when he told me that i was like what like what Mm -hmm. are you saying to me right now because he's like set your minds on the things above so it's like all this time i was spending thinking about getting a husband it was actually not setting the on my like my heart on things eternal Mm. whoa so anyway yeah, I feel you. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I can sum that up. <laughs> yeah. Um, and one thing you mentioned, um, like, uh, oh yeah, is that like in the same sex, like, um, uh, like in the church, right? And for people like in the church who are dealing with um, same-sex attraction and stuff like that like they feel like they can't really open up and talk to people like mm. about it like what I guess 
like I feel like you've given so many like good advice and like thank god you were in like a, it sounds like an extremely healthy church right like mm-hmm. talking about these things in the church and I love also that on your podcast that you that was like one of your main like taglines it was like we want to talk about things that you often don't talk about in the church mm-hmm. and that's like exactly what I say too because I'm like Cause I remember coming from the world, getting into the church and relearning like a whole new life doing things. And I was just like, and I remember (laughs) I was too scared to ask like the people I was going to church with, if they believed in birth control Mm. and like, like, you know what I mean? Just like actually real life things that we like deal with. And I was like, I was seeing all these married people like take, I was like, they're having all these kids. I was like, maybe they don't believe in birth control. This is really dumb, but so I love that you like touch on that. So how, how do we start? Like if I, if I'm in, if I'm same sex attracted, like, what do I do? Like, I want to pursue God, but it's like, I feel like I don't have anyone to talk to about it. Or I feel like there's no one to open up to that's going to like receive me like in love. Hmm. That's hard. I'd say you're either underestimating your community if that's how you feel or you need to find a new community that won't make you feel that way um because i really i uh one so one of my professors at school i went to multnomah university in portland oregon one of my professors his name is brad harper and he co-wrote a book with his son who's gay called space of the table and it's this really beautiful book about just how he's an evangelical um, professor who has a non-affirming view of marriage and um, or of same-sex relationships. And his son is obviously living a different lifestyle. And they wrote a book just about how you can coexist in these relationships and how it's important to coexist. But I remember um, hearing him talk before I went to school there at a church and he was just sharing about how the Christian community really does need to like own up to what they say. Cause it's always like, you, you know, you go to a church and they're like, welcome, we're family, like blah, blah, blah. And how these people who are living oftentimes living in, uh, who are same sex attracted, deciding not to live that lifestyle are stepping into a life of singleness. And for a lot of people that can feel like you're damned to this life of isolation or loneliness mm-hmm. and how if the church is really claiming to be a family, that means one knocking out these stereotypes. Right. And so there's like always a stereotype that if you're same sex attracted, then you're also like a predator or a pedophile or something like that. And like just wiping that clean and saying like, Nope, I'm not, you know, we're not going to make those assumptions about people. And then, and then inviting these people in and going, okay, like, man, you don't get to get married or for a lot of people, like marriage is not what's next for you, but you know, people who desire kids. Okay. Like, will you be my child's godparent? Will you come to our house on the weekends and spend time with us as a family? Will you do holidays with us? You know, like inviting these people in. And so I think if you're a same-sex attracted individual and you are in a Christian community and you don't feel like you can ask those questions, then I think you need to ask yourself the hard question and say, is that just my perception? Or have I tried to have a conversation like this and it didn't go well? I got shut down. Because if that's the case, there are other communities out there that are waiting and wanting and so actively willing to care for you and see you and love you and walk with you through that. Because it really is a lifelong journey. Um, But I think oftentimes, like, it's a perception, right? Like, for me, I was, like, I had the perception that my youth pastor and that my church was not going to meet me in that space when they were already there, their, their arms were open. And so um, being willing, I think that's something that I find so often, like not just with same sex attraction, but with any kind of like church hurt and stuff. There's so many times when it's like, well, they didn't come to me first, but it's like, man, if you believe in redemption through Jesus, that, that means that you can step out too and you can bring these things into the light and just being willing to say like, um, you know, like I look back on my time in youth group and I wish that there was more inclusive language when we talked about 
romance and relationships and whatever but then I also think about now like I can be the person to say like oh yeah when we're talking about temptation be able to talk about what I experienced or you know what I mean and not um not given to because I think Satan really uses those um maybe more taboo quote-unquote conversations or topics and says well you're alone in that or they're not going to understand you and when you know it's like in I, I believe it's in revelations where it says he's overcome them um overcome him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony and talking about how man jesus jesus alone like defeated satan but also there's this active fighting in the world that we're doing now and god's saying you know, I can use you in your story and I want to use you in your story, but we have to be willing to step out in that. And so I think that includes saying to ourselves, like, am I willing to be bold in this and put myself out there and have these difficult conversations? And then am I also willing to healthily um, just observe what happens afterwards? You know, if, if I'm not, if I'm not being met in a kind way, if I'm not being met in a way that's um, healthy for me to stay in this community, then I need to say, Hey, um, this is, this is, this is why I'm leaving. And then have that open conversation when you, when you step into a new community, because that's, you know, if you're leaving and you're going to a new community, if that's the reason why, um, then I think it's appropriate to be upfront about it. So. Yeah, that's so good. And like, yeah, and that's like what it's interesting because like you said, it's like, I wasn't met in this way. And that's like what we've seen over and over again is like the LGBTQ community doesn't feel accepted Mm. in the leaving community altogether versus like, that's actually what they need the most is like being in that like community, obviously the right community, like you said, not just like, oh, I'm just going to jump into another unhealthy community, but Mm -hmm. like finding like the right one. Like, how do you, I guess, like, I don't know if you, so it doesn't seem like you really had that experience. Like, how do you even get over something like that? You know, like if I, yeah, it's like, and also it's also that, but then also like as a church, how do we be more, yeah, just like more opening and Mm -hmm. like loving and caring. Cause I think that like, I remember really when I started to explore this for myself, like where's my heart posture for LGBTQ community Mm. was when, um, um, when basically everything was happening with George Floyd. And so like, you know, racial reconciliation was the topic. Thank God for that, that we Mm. talked about it in the church finally. And I really started examining my heart towards all groups. Like I was like, well, if I have this about these people or these have been my experiences, what, what else is in my heart? God, like I need Mm. you to know me. And he really revealed to me that like, I had been closing off my heart and, um, to like people who are gay basically. And Mm. it's not even like, Oh, like hating them or like whatever, but it was judgment. I'm not going to lie. And I like, like, if it's like, if I was somewhere, it's like, I just kind of wouldn't pay any attention to them. And God really highlighted that to me. And I was like, dang, like, that's so like messed up. And like, I'm just Mm. being real. So (laughs) hopefully you can receive that. But, um, yeah. And I, I just like repented and I was like, that's not like, that's so not Jesus, first of all. And yeah, really examining like why. And I realized that it was honestly out of a place of fear and Mm. not just like, basically, you know, when you don't understand something, you just kind of put it in a corner. Right. And I feel like that's what we've done as like a church. And a lot of times we just close off our hearts to it Mm. because we haven't had that experience. So we don't fully understand. So we don't open ourselves up and to be compassionate. Yeah, well, I think there's two sides to that conversation, because I think first there's a side of people who are same sex attracted who um, who are saying, OK, I, I believe in this conservative view of the Bible and that's why I'm in a church community and that's why I'm at whatever. And that's why I'm not living this lifestyle. I think for them, oftentimes in church, so people like myself, like the the LGBTQ community or the topic of homosexuality is talked about as if it's only people outside of the church and if it's only people who are living in opposition, right? And so 
like if you look it's like there's like the singles group and like the young marrieds group and like the singles group you know if you're gonna go they're gonna try to like hook you up with someone there and like or like we think about things that people struggle with and wrestle with you know we have um we have aa we have groups for women who've had abortions yeah so there doesn't there doesn't seem to be that and it's really interesting when you look at kind of the the difference between like we i think so often as christians we say like our identity is not in our sexuality like we say that as a response to the lgbtq movement or the lgbtq community and yet we do have so many like identifiers that we use within the church, which is like super interesting to me. And so I think one may be thinking about, Hey, is this a group? Like, do we want to offer a support group to these people in our church um, and giving them a community? And then even if that's not the way to go, which I, you know, some people believe like focus groups is better. And I'm at a church where I think there are focus groups, but we're also just in community group. And like my community group knows this about me and is super just uh, supportive and encouraging and super loving um, is just, again, this, this language of inclusivity. And um, so when you're talking about anything about relationships or about temptation, like being willing, because I think like and I've done it too. When I, when I speak places, um, like I, I speak to people who are like, I consider the fact that there are people in the seats in front of me that have relationships with Jesus, but that struggle with addiction or that struggle with, you know, all these different things. Um, and then remembering that there are people who have also, who probably struggle with same sex attraction who are right in front of me. So it's not this like sin of the other of people who are just outside the church, but it's also this struggle that people are trying to work through and, and live with and wrestle with who are in, who are in your church seats. So that's the first thing. And then the second thing is I think how we engage with people in the LGBTQ community as well as, um, and this, it just goes for people who are not followers of Jesus. And I think there's this like huge, uh, like fear that we have to, as Christians, we have to be super upfront. Like I always hear like, um, grace paired with truth, which is like so important, right? Like I obviously believe that there is a truth to what God is calling us to live. And, and that's, if you're going to be in a romantic relationship, it needs to be um, heterosexual and and um, that God calls us to wait to have sex before marriage and just all this stuff. And um, but when when we're when we're engaging with people outside of the church, it's like, oh, you're not a Christian. Like, let me just tell you, first of all, you're wrong and all these things that you do. And it's especially the LGBTQ community. It's so strange that we feel this need to be almost like the Holy spirit, right? Like I have to convict you of this when it's like, we've met like we've never been called to convict people of their sins ever because we're not, we're not part of the Trinity. That's not us. And so just this example that I see of Jesus throughout the Bible, multiple different places of the Bible, but the the way that he interacts with sinners and with prostitutes and with tax collectors and how, um, and I use this almost every podcast interview that I'm in, but it's just such a beautiful example um, in Mark chapter two, when Jesus is encountering the tax collector Levi, who later becomes, um, I believe it's Matthew. And just, I think the the community when they saw because tax collectors were so hated by the Jewish community. If you if you're listening and you don't know the kind of the context is, um, tax collectors were often people in the Jewish community who kind of um, almost like betrayed their Jewish community and because they they're working for Rome, so they have all this power and all this money and they're living this life kind of opposed to um, the Jewish faith. And so I imagine that when people saw that Jesus was approaching this tax collector that, that he was going to call him out on his lifestyle and say, Hey, like you're, you know, you're living in sin, you're sinning against your brothers and sisters, you're taking advantage of them, like all these things. And all Jesus says, like literally the quote in Mark chapter two is that Jesus goes up to Levi and says, 
the beautiful part of of Levi becoming Matthew and that testimony is that Jesus didn't go and preach this sermon of like repentance to him, but he said, Hey, do you want to spend time with me and like observe my life and observe what I'm doing? And for me in my own life, that rings true. Right. Because when I was a teenager, I was like, man, do I choose the lifestyle that my parents' faith is calling me to, or do I choose the lifestyle that the secular world is calling me to? And then I didn't make my choice until after I had witnessed who Jesus was. And I witnessed his love and I witnessed his care and I witnessed his character in real time and went, oh my gosh, like this is true. Like if this is who God is then it's worth living a lifestyle opposed to my own flesh if that's who Jesus is. And, and so we don't, you know, we don't have the ability, we have the ability to make people feel like crap. <laughs> like that's what we have, or we have the ability to love people into relationship. And I think that's what God is calling us to do. And, and certainly that doesn't mean not talking about truth when we're asked hard questions um, I, I, we're, we're called to know what we believe, but I don't, I just don't see this argument for a conversation about someone's like sins to be the, the go getter, the opening line. You know, I think it's like, if someone were to tell me like, Hey, you're wrong and you're sinning, or like, I have such strange interactions with people online. Um, and how for me, I'm like, man, Taking criticism is really, really important, but I try to only take criticism from people that have also faithfully like loved me in my life because I know that they know me and I know that they see me and they're able to call those things out in me. Um, and so when we're trying to do that with people we don't have a relationship with, we're damaging our witness rather than building it up. And so those, that's kind of my two answers to, to that question. Wow. That was so amazing. And just like, even what you said about like, like it's, it's like, if we're not even inviting them in, how are they even going to have that witness? Like, that was like, whoa, I just like saw that when you were saying, and I was like, I love that so much, but um, yeah, I would love for you to, yeah. Thank, first of all, just thank you. Like, thank you for being you. Thank you for saying yes to the Lord. Thank you for, yeah. Just like loving Jesus, like, and just pursuing and even just being open and vulnerable to share. Cause I know, like, I can't imagine, like you said, the weird conversations when mm. you said that, I was like, I can only imagine, um, what that is like. Um, and just thank you for being willing to have crucial conversations that of course are uncomfortable and, you know, can feel like weird sometimes, or like, you're like unsure, mm. like, you know, I'm just so grateful. And even just being, and even like hearing other people that don't understand, like mm. and be willing to like, say, okay, like grace for you. So extending grace. Cause I know a lot of times I need it. Um, <laughs> I need it every day in my life, every second, but yeah, I just really appreciate you for that. And I appreciate you for making the time to come on the show. And I'd love to share, or if you could share like where people can find you any like last like resources or anything like that. So you can find me, I do most of the majority of my stuff on Instagram. So my at or tag or whatever that's called is um, at bun on my head. And there you can find links to my, the, the podcast project that I have, which is called, can I say that? And we, uh, the whole premise is asking hard questions that we don't normally ask in the church. And I interview lots of different people and then some resources that I would suggest would be, uh, I think it's called the Center for Faith, Sexuality, and Gender. They have some brilliant, 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 nuanced um, papers and podcasts and books just about how do we love same-sex attracted people well. And then also, um, maybe you have kids who haven't decided to follow Jesus yet and they identify as part of the LGBTQ community, or maybe you're just in that space and they have really great resources on how to parent through that, how to teach through that, how to um, have a more inclusive youth group, how to talk through that, um, just so many things. And then partnered with them is another place called Christian Sexuality. And they don't just talk about same sex or LGBTQ issues, but they talk about 
singleness and sex and just all these different things. And so those are my two biggest resources and they have just a funnel of different, um, of resources, whether you learn visually or through podcasts or whatever. And so those would be my two biggest suggestions. Um, yes. And then of course, always, I, I always try to invite people, like if you've heard something I've said and, and you're going, wait, I don't get that. Or can you explain that more? Or, um, I, I don't understand that. You can always, always reach out to me. And the best place to do that again is Instagram. So um, I'm the only Brenna Blaine in North America. So Blaine without an E at the end, Brenna Blaine. Um, so it's super easy to find me. And I, I welcome and cherish those conversations. Wow. I love re-listening to this episode. Honestly, it's probably one of my favorites so far. Um, I just learned so much from Brenna. And so you guys will go share this on your story, on your Instagram story and tag um, at butt on my head. That's Brenna Blaine's Instagram and also tag at sisters of Christ. I would love to just hear what you got from it. I'd love to hear yeah, what the Lord was speaking to you through it. So if you guys could share that on your Instagram story, that would help this types of conversations reach more people that need to understand that the Lord is still with them if they're having same-sex attraction in the church and that there are people out there who will love them and support them through it and will pray for them and be with them. There is supportive community that LGBTQ people belong in the church. Um, like they belong in the church. Everyone like needs Jesus. We all need the savior. And so I just pray that, yeah, this ministers to your heart of just inclusion and openness and love, like understanding how to love people more. So bless you. Thank you for listening. The next episode in the relationship series is going to be with Ale. She is amazing. Um, She is like a spiritual life coach, but she also does relationship coaching. So she's going to be sharing about flirting, dating as a Christian, all those things that I'm like, well, how do you even do that? (laughs) So I'm really excited to share her episode with you in two weeks. If you haven't noticed, I have moved the podcast to bi-weekly. Yeah, just to really, I'm working on some more resources for you guys to support you in your walk with the Lord. Um, stuff that you can do alone with him, not just listen to the podcast. So I'm really excited to be sharing those um, very soon. So hope you guys enjoy this episode. Don't forget to share it. And thank you so much for listening.